You're listening to episode nine of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. Can you believe it? We are almost to double digits. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This episode is insanely good. I might be a little biased, but it's definitely one of my favorites for sure. And I know that you're going to get a ton of value from today's guest, Emily Sexton. In her past life, M worked on Wall Street as a vice president of communications and change management, very official and businesslike. And now she brings her win them over know-how, delightful enthusiasm, and everyday wit to encourage American consumers to use their purchasing power for good. So you can now find Emily traveling in developing nations in order to find gorgeous new goods for her downtown Raleigh, North Carolina boutique and online shop called The Flourish Market. She is an overly obsessed dog mom, a karaoke backup dancer, aficionado, an unlikely crossfitter. She has a funny story for you guys about that and an avid believer that every woman is worthy of influence. As you can tell, Emily is a woman of many talents and experiences, and she is sharing them all with us today. Our conversation covered everything from how to discover and cultivate your self-worth to the lessons we can learn from fitness to actionable tips for productivity and preserving the most precious resources you have, your time and your energy. Oh, and did I mention that she has some crazy hilarious stories to tell? I seriously cannot overstate how much I love this episode and I know that you will too. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Before we jump into the good stuff, I have to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Sculpted Strong, which if you didn't know, is my very own fitness app. I just started going through the workouts again myself, and I am having an absolute blast. It is so nice to be able to just open the app, select that day's workout, and follow along with the videos and cues, which were all custom made by yours truly. Sculpted Strong is a 12-week program that focuses on building a strong, toned, and feminine physique while also gaining confidence and feeling amazing from the inside out. Hundreds of women have already seen incredible results from this program, and not to brag or anything, but the workouts are also super fun. So if you're looking for something that will both transform your body and make you fall in love with the gym again, this is the program for you. For more info and to sign up, go to mariewoldapp.com. That's M-A-R-I-E-W-O-L-D-A-P-P.com. And because my podcast listeners are just the best, I created a discount code that will save you $10 on your enrollment, and it's PODLOVE. That's code P-O-D-L-O-V-E on mariewoldapp.com. I know that you're going to love this app and this program as much as I do, and I cannot wait to see your transformation. Hi, Em. I am so excited to have you on the show today. Marie, I am so excited about this next, what, 45 minutes together? (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm so looking forward to it. I know this is going to be an awesome conversation. I've gotten to know you a little bit better through our mastermind that we're both in. We got to have some quality time in Minnesota a few weeks ago, and I definitely like got to know you better. So I'm super excited to share you with the listeners. But for those listening who aren't lucky enough to know you personally yet, what are the need to knows? Sure. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with the big need to know. And that is that about two weeks ago at CrossFit, I dislocated both of my knees, not lifting a heavy barbell or heavy weights, but by doing the worm. Oh my goodness. (laughs) The true story. And I feel like that is just such an accurate definition of who I am as a person and how my life tends to go. But (laughs) yeah, so that was really fun. So I'm actually making a comeback from a slight injury on that. But uh, (laughs) other than that, how I spend my days is hopefully elevating the worth of any woman that comes into contact with our brand on social media and in our shop. So I've got a little shop in downtown Raleigh called the Flourish Market. It's also online. We partner with about 50 different brands, all of which are all about dignified jobs, fair trade, and elevating the worth of women. I am also active in delivering on that mission here in the Raleigh community, but also across the U.S. as a speaker and an educator. So a few other things besides getting hurt doing the worm, but... (laughs) But really, you are such a cool person, even though you're doing party tricks. Despite that, (laughs) you are awesome. Actually, I think that makes you more awesome. So what is kind of your background before you opened the Flourish Market? Sure. So I grew up in a small town in North Carolina. I originally went to college for dance. I got hurt. I actually dislocated both my knees. And so (laughs) I had this kind of junction in life of, oh, I only had a plan A. I didn't have a plan B. And so my fallback was just to take the biggest major at my college in North Carolina. And that was the business major. And so that's the route I took. I ended falling in love with business and marketing and sales and just understanding what makes consumers tick, understanding what makes people, what informs their buying decisions. But even deeper than that, like taking psychology classes and understanding how I like fell in love with the idea of serving people and serving people well. And so out of college, I randomly fell into a job with a Swiss investment bank, and it was such a great experience. I was there for seven years, and during that time, I lived in London, worked in Singapore and Switzerland and Poland, New York City, and just got this awesome opportunity to put into practice those acts of service in a really tough industry, to be honest. And I was surrounded by men and that's not bad at all. And I actually had a great experience in corporate, but just, yeah, understanding my worth in that setting. What was cool is I loved the job I fell into because it was all about winning people over. So my job that ended up leaving the bank. But my title when I left was vice president of change management and communications. And basically what that meant is I was in charge of winning people over to new ideas, new things that were coming down the pipeline and just getting people on board normally in a really scary or fearful time for them. Obviously, investment banking was very tumultuous. (laughs) I survived the crash and all of that in the 2000s. And so Yeah, it was just so interesting. And I honed a really unique skill set that I'm now able to use and help, you know, entrepreneurs understand the value in winning people over, but in a really, really authentic and genuine way, which I don't always think we live 
in that type of economy. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, you are such a cool person. <laughs> okay, can I pause there and talk about how I did not feel like a cool person when we took a workout class together in Minneapolis? I was like looking up. So if you're listening, Marie somehow got me and our friend Ashlyn to go to a workout class with her at a place called Alchemy in Minneapolis, which is amazing. But it was like this really hardcore workout. And I thought I was in shape <laughs> until I went to that workout. And I was like, oh, okay, I got a little more work to do in the gym. That's okay. <laughs> Those workouts are so hard for everyone, though. So don't even don't even sweat it. No pun intended. But you know what? It was so good. It was so good. Learning experience. <laughs> yeah, we we all have their strengths. I think I would probably freak the f out if I was in like a corporate <laughs> setting with a bunch of like you know together investment bankers all waiting for me to solve their problems and like qualm their fears. So. I mean, we all have our areas of genius, right? That's true. That's true. So going from working at an investment bank and that like super corporate buttoned up kind of lifestyle to then opening up a women's boutique is quite the shift. And what was the turning point? Like where did your passion for supporting vulnerable communities and fashion and all that stuff come from? Sure. Yeah. Great question. People are like, I'm not really following the path here. <laughs> How did this happen? So shortly before my 30th birthday, we won't call it a midlife crisis. We'll call it a quarter life crisis. I uh, quit my job. And because I'd gotten to this point in life where I thought, wow, I have this really cool skill set, but what's it all for? You know, I, I kind of like thought about my legacy, which sounds really morbid, but it was actually in a really positive way. And I thought, you know what? I think that this skill set can be better used for the world in a slightly different way. And so what was cool when I lived in London, unlike in the U.S., you got like six to eight weeks vacation. And so I spent a lot of my vacation time actually volunteering in developing nations with nonprofits and social enterprises, helping, you know, using my skill set to come alongside them and help win people over to the idea of, you know, donating money to them or buying their ethically made goods. And that's really how I fell into this space. And so when I had that third of life crisis, I was actually scrolling through Pinterest. My husband and I were really obsessed with the tiny house shows at the time. And one night on Pinterest, I was searching tiny houses. And all of a sudden, as I'm scrolling, I see a fashion truck. And it was like a food truck, but it was a little boutique on wheels and you walked in the back and shopped. And all in that moment, I realized kind of how my life and the different pieces of it were all coming together. I've always loved fashion. I've always loved to be different and have unique things. Separately, I had this skill set of winning people over. Separately, I had all of these like relationships with artists and partner groups and nonprofits and all of this. I had a vision for how to combine it together. And that was to launch a fashion track that was all fair trade, all really unique, cool items that were on trend and affordable and really test the market and say, let's roll around town and see if women would be interested in using their purchasing power for good. What I learned in corporate is it's important in leading change not to tell people what not to do. So you can't just be like Debbie Downer and don't do this and don't do that. And so I didn't, you know, we all kind of know the things we buy for $7 people probably weren't paid fairly on the other end of that, right? And so most of the clothes and shoes and accessories in people's closets right now weren't fairly made and were made in sweatshops. You know, that's something I had been thinking about since college when I started to learn more about different industries. And I thought, okay, well, I don't want to go out and tell people what not to do. So let me create an easy solution for how to get people involved in a really positive narrative. And that's what we did. We launched 
This fashion track to test the concept in October of 2015. We called it the Flourish Market. And a little over a year later, we launched our first brick and mortar store in downtown Raleigh. And this whole time we've had an online shop and it's just been really, really incredible to see the story unfold in front of us. And to date we've placed, we're getting close to, I think in the next few months, we will hit a million dollars in orders we've been able to place with the groups we buy from, which you know, is incredible. And I just, I look around, I'm just so grateful for the community and tribe that's come around us and run with us and been our walking billboards. It's, it's just been a ridiculous two and a half years (laughs) to say the least. A million dollars, like in support of all these women in vulnerable communities. That's so cool. It's, it's really neat. And I always tell our customers when they come in there, you know, a lot of people, it's so interesting. They'll say, you know, as women, we struggle with our worth in all facets of life, but they'll say, I wish I could support you more. You know, I just on this tight budget. And I'm like, this necklace you're buying for your friend's birthday present, this is eight hours of work for really for a real person in Uganda <laughs> that I can show you the picture of and show you her name. And she signed the, the, her name on the card. And so it's really real. And so when we think about, you know, that large number, what it comes down to real faces, real names, real people. I know I've visited in a few months, I'm headed to Ethiopia. We're taking our first customer trip there and our customers are going to be able to meet the women that their purchases impact. And I just cannot wait for, it. it'll be the first time I'll be able to see customers see the impact on the other end of their purchases. And I can't wait. And I can't wait for them to meet the women. I think a lot of people come in and they're like, you know, I'm so excited to help poor people. And that's literally what they they think. And it's like, I just cannot wait for you to understand them more and to know that they're like so savvy, so smart, so skilled, so relentless, just so amazing. And we have so much to learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's as a consumer, especially in the Western world, it's really easy to get disconnected from where the things we're buying come from, whether it's your food, your clothing, literally anything. Like we always forget that there was a human or a life at the other end if you like eat animal products and stuff. And so it's really, really easy to be disconnected, especially the way things are like packaged and marketed at us. Yeah, it is so easy. But yeah, we want to be a positive narrative in that story to help shift people's thinking. I love that. So on your website, you say that after launching your brick and mortar store in downtown Raleigh, you realized that while customers were really excited to like positively benefit the life of a woman in, in the developing world, they were also in desperate need of someone to encourage their worth as well. So what brought you to that realization and how has your mission shifted from solely being about those vulnerable communities to also being about the communities right in front of you? Sure. Yeah, this is such a good question. Thanks for letting me share kind of my processing thoughts on this. So when we first launched, I was obviously so pro-artisan and I still am. And that's still like the basis of our business. You know, I was coming hot off the trails of spending a ton of time in the developing world and just seeing the, the impact like purchases can have. And so but then we launched our business and I, it became very clear to me very quickly the women right here in my community, it's a universal struggle. They're struggling for their worth too. And it looks a little different, right? You know, and people joke, hashtag first world props. That's not what I'm meaning here. I'm meaning like really deep struggles with their worth and um, what they feel like they bring to the world. And yeah, I think it's, it, I, I realized just with interacting with customers in our truck and then in our shop, especially when they were going in and out of the dressing rooms that 
women struggled so much with body issues, with soul issues, with mindset issues, and just they were in desperate need of someone encouraging their worth. And I thought, if I can meet them there in their most vulnerable places and encourage their worth, how much more even so can they encourage the worth of other women? And let's create this ripple effect. So it's become just this, you know, really gosh, just always tell people if they want to start a business, I'm like, you truly have to care about your why. (laughs) And when we're having a bad day or when, you know, the going gets rough or we're having to hustle extra, extra hard, have a couple of pictures of not only our artisans printed out, but also of our customers that I look at. I keep them in the front of my notebook and I'm just reminded of why we do what we do. And that is to meet women also right here in our community and their most vulnerable spaces it's amazing what people tell you in our, in our shop and their whole life stories, really, truly. And to meet them there and to not leave them there, you know, and to help them take that next step forward of positivity in their life and, you know, help them change and shift the narrative, the lies they're telling themselves and, and to rewrite a truth for them, which is easier said than done, but it's beautiful work to be a part of. And our staff just like, they're so amazing at championing women. And it's incredible the stories they share with me of what happens in our little shop in downtown. It's crazy. Isn't that so amazing? Like, I think there's something to be said with women having a safe place to connect, like even sitting down to get your hair done or like working with a personal trainer, any situation like that, people in those professions always say that they feel like they're a therapist because you feel like it's a safe place to talk. It's a safe place to open up and you feel like heard and supported for sometimes for once in your life. Like that's something that is missing for so many people. So true. I think as women, sweeping generalization here, but I think it's a generalization for a reason. We do a lot of encouraging of others and giving of others, and we so rarely like fill our own cups. And so that's what we try to live into when women come into our shop is to really like help fill their cup. Yeah, that is so, so beautiful. And so I'm curious, in the content creation space, we always talk about how creators teach on what they personally need to hear. I know this is really true for myself, especially. And oftentimes, I also think that we observe in others, what we observe in others is a reflection of what we see in ourselves. So do you think that your ability to identify women who need a little encouragement and being having their worth like reaffirmed do you think that stems from personal experience oh girl yes oh my gosh it's so interesting because I have this like so I'll post something on social media but I had this interesting thing of like then I'm also in my shop or I'll send out our Friday morning emails and then I'm in my shop on Friday afternoons and so people like interact with me real time they're like thank you so much for those encouraging words I'm like girl I'm preaching to myself too let's be honest So I I really agree with what you just said. I think for me, it dates back to the first time that I ever, I can pinpoint back, like, I'm pretty sure this is the first time that I realized the lie, but I didn't realize it was a lie, but that my worth wasn't equal to other girls. That was in middle school. All of our elementary schools kind of dumped into several elementary schools, dumped into one middle school. And I remember going through the lunch line on the first day of school, coming out of the lunch line and looking around and not knowing where to sit. And I looked at a table of some girls I knew and, you know, I'd known them from church growing up with them and there's some other girls sitting with them, but I looked and they all had something I didn't have. Two things actually. One, tan legs from the summer. Um, And I'll never be tan ever. 
And then they were all wearing gap shorts and like khaki gap shorts. And that visual is like imprinted in my mind because in my head I thought, oh, I can't sit with them. And that is something that is with me every day, right? That feeling. And so when I speak, I always ask people in the room to think about the first time they can remember not feeling worthy. And it was probably from your childhood, right? Elementary school or middle school. And I've always been into fashion. I've always noticed things like people wearing gap khaki shorts. But when I opened the Flourish Market, I never wanted it to be a boutique that insinuated you had to have X, Y, and Z trend to be worthy. And I've become really passionate about that because the more I look into it, that is what most like clothing stores and boutiques, that's what they're implying through their marketing. And I'm like wondering what that does to us subconsciously, right? As a people. And so I never wanted to be a place that implied that. And I actually wanted to imply the opposite, not even just imply it, but like preach it. Right. And so it's weird because people are like, doesn't that hurt sales? And I'm like, well, our bigger business mission is to elevate the worth of women to encourage them of their worth. And so if we're delivering on that, I feel like sales will come right. Just because they're going to tell people about us and say, you're going to want to be a part of this movement. And so I feel like as long as we're really delivering on our why and our bigger business mission, and our bigger brand story, then logistically the money will fall into place. And it always has, and I hope it always will. But yeah, that's, that's really the answer to your question, Marie, is like, I remember that first moment in middle school, that defining moment. And from then on out, it's been an everyday struggle, right? The lies we tell ourselves of, you know, oh, well, she's got a bigger platform than I do, or you know, she's got stronger arms than I do, or she's more eloquent than I am. I mean, the things we tell ourselves, it's almost comical, right? Because you're like, hello, turn the mirror around. Let's examine your gifts, <laughs> right? And so I think a lot of times we need people to help us do that. And as a business, we want to help be that mirror back to people and say like, all right, chip chop, like, look at your gifts. This is what we see in you. And this is what's true about you. Yeah. So if someone listening feels like they need that wake up call, they're struggling to recognize their worth, they're lacking confidence. What are some of those actionable steps or mindset shifts that they can do to help cultivate the confidence and strength that they deserve? Yeah, I'll give you two things. So one will be like super specific and tangible. And the other is just like an idea you should integrate into your life. So one of my biggest things my therapist had me do this is there is like a lot of fear that goes on in your body when you have all these things in your head, lies, things you're stressed about, all that. Getting it out on paper helps it lose power. And so when I'm spiraling, <laughs> see anyone else spiral? Yeah. Just me. Um, <laughs> When I'm spiraling, I write out the lies I'm telling myself, the things I'm stressed about. And normally it's not like I'm not going to hit this deadline. It's normally like I've spiraled and like I am a failure. My business is going under like all of these crazy things. Right. And so, but I write them out and by doing that, it helps them lose their power. And then what I specifically do is then I go back and write a truth associated with each of the lies. And like, I'll mark the lie out and say, that is false here is the truth associated with that. So for example, one of the lies that I write down a lot is I'm not the girl to share this message. Other people are better suited to share this message. That's like something I write down almost weekly when I'm spiraling. I mark that out and I say, I'm the girl for the job right now. <laughs> because that is true, right? It's true. So I do that a lot. So that's something like really tangible that's helped me. And it may not be for everyone, but 
the way my therapist was reading me, she was like, okay, let's get it out. Let's write it out. And not typing, handwriting, it uses a different part of your brain. And it means more to your brain when you actually write it out. So that's what like my specific piece of advice would be. And in general, women I see that are like excelling in confidence and in my life when I am like being my best self, like living my best life is when I'm intentionally filling my cup every single day. And that looks different for everybody on how to do that. But for me, I have certain podcasts I listen to in the morning. I get up and I spend 30 minutes to an hour reading. And then like if I'm walking my dog or like doing a little mindless task, I'm listening to a podcast. But guys, like this is a daily struggle and we have to fight against it. And so filling your cup, even if you're like a crazy mom on the run and you only have like five minutes being childless or like locking yourself in the bathroom, (laughs) like find something that works for you to fill your cup. You know, for one of my friends who she has a couple of kids and she's like always with them and like, they're always staring at her when she's using the bathroom. (laughs) She like, when they're like somehow like playing with Legos or whatever, she FaceTimes me and all she needs is like, even if we can only get three minutes, she's had like that human interaction and laughed or like talked about how hard her day was or how funny it was, but she's got, she that like really fills her cup. And so, so that kind of second piece of advice, just the idea of filling your cup, figure out what fires you up, fills you up, helps you live your best light, helps get you back on track when you're spiraling and integrate that into a daily rhythm for yourself. I can totally like vouch for the importance of writing stuff down when you're spiraling because girl, last week I was spiraling with like overwhelm, especially pertaining to like my self-worth, my business, my future. I wrote it all down. I was like, okay, 75% of these things are silly and not true. And then the other ones are totally figure outable. Like all of them were not even like valid sources of concern anymore because I had I reaffirm my worth and I had like actionable steps on how to resolve things. And once you write stuff down and like kind of regroup, you realize that you're fine. Like you've got this. Nothing, nothing is wrong. That is right. That is absolutely right. Like one of the things I wrote down, it wasn't a lie. It was like, we are going to miss this deadline. Well, you know what? The truth associated with that was we are going to miss this deadline, comma, but no one's going to die. Like, yeah, it sucked that we missed the deadline and we lost money. We're going to lose money over it. But you know what? I'm not willing to drive my team into the ground and have them work till 1 a.m. to meet a specific deadline. To me, that is like not okay. And so, yes, the the truth was the same as the lie. However, the truth contained a comma, but no one's going to die. <laughs> you know? Oh, yes. Cheers to writing it out. Yeah. One thing on that note, that's like one of my favorite life mantras to the point where I'm considering getting it tattooed on me is it's not that serious. Like I've never identified super strongly with anything to get it like permanently put on my body, but it's not that serious has saved me from spiraling so many times because I'm totally that person that like puts way too much importance on small stuff and like things that in the grand scheme of things don't matter. Yes. Oh, isn't that the truth? I mean, don't we all? Yes, we all need that tattoo like across our forehead. So we see it when we look in the mirror. Oh, I love that, Marie. Where would you get a tattoo? I think if I had to get 
that like today I would probably get it on like my inner forearm or somewhere that's like small but I can see it because it's you know it's a note to self so I'd want it somewhere where I could see it oh I love it yeah I I have yet to pull the trigger also another part of me wants like a half sleeve with like sunflowers and really cool like line work but you know I'm that's that's a big commitment so I'm not there that, that is a big commitment. Maybe start with the small one. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But I hear they're addictive. So I'm just kind of holding out as long as I can. Oh, oh my gosh, this would be so good. So on that note, going back to like the confidence and everything like that, one thing that you've personally told me has helped you become a stronger and more confident person is CrossFit, which is awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about that journey and what it's done for you? Absolutely. Okay, so... I think a lot of people listening, they're probably active, (laughs) but I think that you'll maybe see yourself in my journey of what I'm about to tell you in another aspect of your life. So I've been doing CrossFit now for almost a year. I think, yeah, next month I'll celebrate my one year anniversary, which is so exciting for so many reasons. But a year ago, I found myself in the emergency room struggling with back pain yet again. My back going out was debilitating and literally like pulling my pants down, a doctor giving me a shot in the butt. I couldn't even lay still to have x-rays taken. It was so horrible. It was the pain. The shot didn't do away with the pain and I was throwing up from the pain and I just, I can't even describe it. And the doctor looked at me and he was like, you need to see a chiropractor. Like you're falling apart. And what was really happening in that moment was my life was falling apart. Like my husband and I were battling things you wouldn't want anyone to go through in your life. And um, we were coming together as a team to battle these crazy things kind of coming at us, but it was so hard. And I felt the brunt of it on me because I wanted to protect him against, against things. And um, my husband struggles with panic attack. So I felt the need to like protect him. And so I felt like I became the shield and like put myself in that position and just taking on all of that. And then running a business, having a team that was looking to me, right. To lead them, having a growing platform and then struggling with anxiety at night that felt like I was duct taped down to my bed frame. It was just a lot. It was a lot. And I was not taking care of myself physically. And I don't think I need to explain to anyone how much physical and mental health go hand in hand. (laughs) And that doctors in in the ER that night, I just thought to myself, like, my life is falling apart. My body is crippling under all this. And literally I have no muscles in my abs to even hold up my back. And I felt like that was such like what was going on in my life too. It's like that I wasn't, I was so overwhelmed, right? With the idea of all these things I needed to do. And it was like a thousand steps ahead that I didn't even have the strength, that muscle to lift one barbell one time to start building the muscle in my life. Like I was just so overwhelmed. And so I went to a chiropractor who now is one of my best friends and she became like this angel in my life. And I hope she's not listening because I keep living forgetting like what type of lifter she is. Um, Olympic lifter. And so she's a badass. Got it. She totally is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Throughout like going to, she like, I went straight from there. My husband like carried me and she carried me back. Literally I couldn't walk. And she got me up kind of straight up, went back the next day. And over the course of the next few weeks, you know, we chatted, she found out I was a gymnast growing up and she's like, Oh, I go to this CrossFit gym and not a CrossFitter, but you know, I'm an Olympic weightlifter and I work out in the back and you should come. And 
I was like, you've got to be kidding. Cause the only thing I knew about CrossFit was like the furthest thing away from what I was capable of. Right. Well, she shows me a video one day of her doing like a handstand walk. And I was like, Oh, I used to be a gymnast and I like never lost a handstand contest. Well, guess what? She challenges me to a handstand contest. And I was like, all right. And so I had like six months to practice and I didn't, the only safe space I felt was really safe was the CrossFit gym she mentioned. And I had several friends that went there and, you know, I had a YMCA membership, but honestly, I just wasn't going at all or really maybe once a month. And that just wasn't enough commitment to me. And the more I read about CrossFit online, cause obviously every night I was like reading all these blogs, like I wanted to know everything right before I like sign up for something. But what people kept talking about was a community aspect. When you travel in the developing world, that is what you hear about is how important community is and people living in true community. And when I look back on my lives, the times I've been most successful and the most happy was when I was living in genuine community with people. And so that aspect of CrossFit really like spoke to me. And I was like, I think this is what I need in this season of my life, like the community, the accountability, and literally just to be able to show up and have someone tell me exactly what to do and to be able to do it in a group. And so for a couple of weeks, I sat on it and I didn't do anything. And I just read like, anything I could about it. Right. And I was like reading out like my first experience at CrossFit and I was just trying to be like, okay, I need to prepare myself. But we all know that at some point it's like paper, get off the pot, right? Like you have to like, you're either going to sit there and read for the rest of your life or you're going to take action. So I remember one morning I woke up, I was feeling extra jazz after some coffee and I'm a big believer. My pride is too high to not follow through in something I've said I'm going to do. So I emailed the owner of the gym from the like form online and said, I'm coming. I'm coming on this day. I already want to join. Just send me the link and I'm signing up. <laughs> she was like, Hey, what about a trial class? I was like, no, I want to do the trial class and the fundamentals class. And like, I would just want to sign up for a year. Like I want to just straight up do it. And so I did. And I've not looked back. And what I found through that experience is I am way stronger than I think I'm capable of far more than I could ever have imagined. It was interesting after, so I worked out for like four weeks. So six weeks to our handstand contest, two weeks, I sat in bed, like reading four weeks. I finally worked out. And as I, Jenny and I had our handstand contest, we both left it all out on the competition floor and like fell flat on our backs and was hilarious. But I was like bending over. I like was laughing and I, and I had my hands on my waist and I, I told Jenny, I looked up and I said, Jenny, oh my gosh, like I have abs now. And she said, they were there all along. And that's like really stayed with me because, you know, when I see especially like business, like, like entrepreneurs floundering and just researching the heck out of things and they're overwhelmed, right? They want to be a thousand steps ahead. I mean, you and I both do Marie, like that's just the, the fact of being an entrepreneur. And it's like, no, don't be overwhelmed. Like what's that one thing you can do today to move forward, to like lift that barbell, to flex that muscle. Like, let's just start moving one step at a time. And like forget the 1000 steps. And it's like, at some point you can take all these business trainings and listen to all these courses, but my golly, let's put it into practice and lift the dang weight. So I feel like it's just been such a good journey for me, not only like physically and mentally, but in being able to like motivate entrepreneurs that I work with and educate and train to say like, okay, let's go like lift the barbell, lift the bar. It's time. 
And so I want to talk a little bit about prioritizing and like deciding what is worth that push, what is worth your energy, because that is so crucial for entrepreneurs. But really, it's important for everyone. We're always pulled in a million different directions. We have a million different options in this era at any given time. So what helps you determine the difference between things that are urgent, things that are important? What like what is worth flexing the muscle? What is worth lifting the barbell? Right. Okay. So I have a lot of answers to that, but I'll kind of just narrow down. So at the beginning of every year, I set out 10 goals, then they're life goals, right? So one of those is to create a home made for hosting. So, you know, I knew that under that goal this year, it really had nothing to do with my business, but that, you know, we wanted to decorate, we wanted to have a guest room instead of an empty room so we could host people. So at the beginning of the year, I set out like 10 intentions, 10 goals, whatever you want to talk about, like, and they're all very vague. And they're not like the smart goals people say, like specific, measurable. No, they're high level. They're like all linked back to legacy and the bigger picture of where I want to be when I'm like 80 years old. And every three months I go back and look at them. But for our business specifically, so for example, seven out of the 10 of my like goals at the beginning of the year that I keep relooking at every three months were they had to do with our business, right? And the legacy we wanted to leave with our business. And so one of those business goals, as an example, is to elevate the worth of every woman that we come into contact with. And so we have business goals that fit under that, right? So to narrow it down to what that means for us every day is we have monthly goals and none of them have to do with sales. We know our sales goals, right? Like we're kind of going for about the same thing every month. It dips down this summer and gets a little bit bigger during the holidays. But if we focus on that, we're not hitting our bigger like legacy, bigger mission goals. So our monthly goals are definitely more around like, throw flourish live and knock the socks off at the live event of like every 150 customer who attends. So each day, each person on our team, they have to, we're in Slack. They have to write out to me their top three priorities for the day. And it's not items that we do every day. So like, you know, it's not like fulfill online orders because these are daily tasks. It's what are you doing to move forward like legacy sized items for our business? And so I do the same thing and I put in my top three. And until my top three are done, I do not check my email. I do not respond to texts and I do not let life happen to me. So I just like laser focused like head down. So for example, today I needed to get my new updated speaker website up and running. I needed to get some content to my graphic designer and I needed to prepare to talk to you, Marie, this afternoon. And so I finished those like shortly before lunch. But until then, like my staff know they only text me. They only call me if someone's dead or the store's on fire. That is, those are the only emergencies. They can handle everything else. And it's the same for them. I'm like, we don't fulfill only orders. We don't do our daily tasks until we have pushed forward like those strategic items. And it's like, I can't define that for each listener, but we all know what they are, right? It's the things we never get to. It's the things we never get to, but we know we need to do that are those big strategic items that we want to push, that we dream about, that keep us up at night, that make our hearts sing. Like we know what they are. These 10 things I write out at the beginning of the year, it takes me like five minutes. They're like, what's been on my heart and what my like soul burns for, right? And like yearns to like deliver to the world. And so guys, you can easily define that, right? And so each day, like hit at least one or two of those and block out everything else because yeah, people are going to tell you things are emergencies all day long, but you get to define what an emergency means. You get to define that. 
And if you really truly want to look at the end of your day and, and celebrate that you move forward important things, you're going to have to block out things that are coming at you from other people until you deliver like what you need to deliver, which I call my top three. That is so relatable. I am definitely someone that easily gets caught up in the little things and like I wake up and on a bad day, I'll just go ahead and check Instagram first thing in the morning, like horrible mistake, horrible way to start your day. And you just turn on the fire hose of all these people trying to get your attention, all this information, comparison, just like so much noise. And I'm just like, really excited, honestly, about the possibility of like how much different and how much better things can be if I really like apply that principle to my life. Like I do have a big three system already, but I don't have the big three system in terms of like, I can't do other things until the big three are done. But I think that would be a total game changer for me. So I love that. And where a lot of people start is just doing one out of three. Like it's a hard practice to start. So I encourage people, well, instead of giving up on it, start with one out of the three. And then at the end of the day, if you only do one out of three, there's still like something to be grateful for and celebrate. So yeah, it's hard. But once it's into practice, it's like, I've been doing this for years now. And it's like, I no one can penetrate me. <laughs> like, you know, my phone rings and it's like, what time, what about employees is like, okay, the store isn't on fire, but a big pipe burst. And I just need like the insurance information. <laughs> and I was like, she's like, like all the leather bags are wet, but in the clothes, but we, here's what we're doing. She's like, but I thought you'd want to know. Cause it, the alarm also went off. And I was like, Thank you. Thank you for handling that. And yes, it was appropriate. To yeah, call. <laughs> that's awesome. So one thing that I've learned through like figuring out what's actually important to get done in the day and all that stuff is that like, I don't need to answer every single person that wants my attention. I don't need to respond to every single email. I don't need to be in my inbox all day long. And something that you confided in me is that you have 24,000 unread emails. Okay, I have like 22. So I'm just behind you. (laughs) And this is the part that gets me (laughs) is you have 500 unread text messages, but you feel okay about it somehow. So I I definitely want you to tell us more about that. Sure. And it relates to what I was just sharing. So I recently actually, so I emailed you, Marie, and then I was like, I'm going to put this on Insta stories. I think this is funny. And I shared it and I print screened. And these are like not like emails in like a weird old personal account. These are like, I mean, if you look at that number, I have almost a hundred thousand, but like these are 24,000 unread in my, like my actually business account. Valid, this isn't, like, yes. Okay. Like my personal business account. Yes. Like current, I look in every day, not like our customer. We have a different like customer service email, but these are like people wanting my personal attention for interviews or, you know, whatever else. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't read them. And then I, <laughs> so I print screen that and then people were freaking out. And then I was like, well, I might as well just show my text. So I print screen that. And I was like, guys, I literally just hit 500 unread text. And I can't even tell you the hundreds of messages I got people freaking out and saying like, I'm a personal assistant or you need a personal assistant. And I have one, I have an assistant, but here's the deal. Again, there's no way to keep up. And if you think that if you're defining like success and what's the word I'm looking for? My goodness. Like when you're checking off a lot of things, if you... Oh, productivity. Yeah. Product, thank you, Marie. Dear Lord. Uh, if you're defining success and productivity by an inbox of zero, I think there's a better way to spend your time. 
And that's not what society tells us. And there's all these trainings on how to get your inbox down to zero and all that. But if I spend my time or I have my assistant spend her time touching every single email that comes in, she would be doing that all day. Then I'm having to hire someone else. And you know what? That's to me, that's not legacy size work. And that's not pushing forward important priorities. And you know, the 500 unread text, like sometimes I'll miss an important text from one of my best friends because somehow I need to change my number. Somehow my number has been given out to like all these people and I get like weird stocky text or weird texts of like, I lost an earring. Can I buy just one? And I'm like, one, who are you too? Like, <laughs> this is a strange text to receive at 1030 PM at night. But usually I can get back and see all my best friends. Right. And that's like who I want to be chatting with throughout the day and at night. But I have missed important things. We have accidentally missed important opportunities in the inbox. Not many, but I'd say probably two or three of, you know, big publications that wanted to cover us. But here's the deal. I count that as an okay loss because the alternative to not missing those would be to touch every single email that we get, you know, thousands a month. And I, I just can't see us doing that. Right. So I'm willing to count those as a loss, knowing that we are charging forward with really important work. And yeah, does it sometimes bother me what's in there? Well, honestly, it really doesn't today, but it used to, but I've done a lot of mindset work around that of like, no, I'm going to celebrate and be grateful at the end of each day, celebrate our progress. And when you do that, it's like, okay, I'm making progress on things that matter, right? The things that are meaningful in my life and how I've defined them. And that's okay if like, I am missing some things that could align with that. It, it's a loss I'll take. Does that make sense? Yeah, this is such a good reminder to remember the big picture. Like we get so caught up in the day to day that we forget about the big picture and something that you continuously kind of thread through everything in your philosophies and your approaches to things is legacy. So why is legacy so important to you? I think that we've all lost someone in our lives maybe sooner than we'd wanted to lose them. For me, it was my youth minister growing up. She was just and still is probably to this day, like the best mentor I ever had in life. And she died very suddenly my senior year of high school. And to this day, I'm like, I remember the life lessons she taught me and I'll never forget them. And like, I want to be that person to other people, right? Like, I don't want to just live this life where at the end of the day, I wonder what I've done. And I'm just like trying to keep up, right? And like run the rat race. Like I actually want to leave the world a better place when I leave it. And so legacy to me, and I talk to people about it, they're like, this is like kind of morbid. And I'm like, well, let's talk about it. Let's go there. Like if you're not going there, like how are you defining what you want your life and your, your life's mission to be, right? And so for me, you know, I talk a lot about influence and a lot of people can get confused that it's manipulation. I'm like, no, influence is legacy. Like what do you want to leave here on this earth and behind when you're gone? What do you want that slash in the middle of the date you were born and the date that you died to represent? Like what, like, let's be specific about defining that. Like, let's, it's not morbid. Sure. Maybe you want to call it morbid, but it's important. Like, it's so important. And for me, I try to get people to think on that because that's going to fulfill you, right? That's going to fulfill you at the end of the day. Even if you've had a bad day or someone threw shade at you on social media, or if you missed a deadline, when you're thinking about the legacy and the life, the mission and the message, like you want to leave behind, if you've done even something like small, to move that forward and to deliver on that in your day, that'll help you sleep at night. You know, I look around at people and they're like 
so busy and they tell me like, oh, I just want more purpose in my life and more meaning. And I'm like, okay, let's define what that looks like for you. Like, what do you want your legacy to be? And it's something people have never thought about before. And I'm like, let's go there. Let's like examine, let's dig in. And it, it is a lot of work to like figure that out, but also it's not at the same time. Right. It's just like digging deep, sitting in silence, like really contemplating like, okay, what am I here on this earth to tell people or how do I want to make them feel when they interact with me? And, you know, what's their takeaway, even if they've just met me in the grocery store for this one minute or if they've been my best friend my whole life. So it sounds like to you, legacy is not so much about like what people remember you for, but more so like the ripple effect and like how people move forward after you've touched them. Yeah. Totally. And the biggest legacy my youth minister left behind with me, and it's become like a catchphrase, but I had never heard it. When I was in high school, you know, she told me, you know, do what makes your heart sing, Emily. Do what makes it sing. And she knew in that moment, she was telling me that, that I wasn't, that I felt all the pressures from the world around me. You know, you're smart. You should be a doctor. You should be this or whatever. And it's like, no, she was like, look inside you and figure out what fires you up and do that. And I'm sad to say it took me until I was 30 to figure that out. But that, I think that's like why I'm so passionate about helping like women figure that out for themselves, right? It's like so they can live a joy-filled and purposeful life. It seems like one thing you talk about a lot when, you know, addressing the joy-filled, purpose-filled life is the power of influence and how important it is for women or anyone to step into our influence and how we're all influential in our own way. So what do you mean by stepping into your influence? Yeah, I think so, especially in this day of social media, I want to claim back the word influencer for all of us. So I think that it's just a word that's thrown around like, oh, you know, she's an influencer or, you know, whatever. I know a lot of brands, they're like, they work with influencers and People will take influencer trips, right? Like travel bloggers, even nonprofits take influencer trips. And I think what that's accidentally doing and subconsciously telling, uh, you know, us as women of like, okay, there's a ranking system and some women have influence and others don't. And that's simply not true. And no one's intentionally implying that, right? But I think it's, you know, let's talk about subconscious bias and, and all that. And so I'm like, I think this is a message people are hearing on repeat. And when, you know, we're using that terminology, we're basically like devaluing our worth in this story. Right. And I just want people to like, when I say like step into their influence is like claim your platform, claim your stage, claim it, claim your microphone and that you have something to say, (laughs) you know, that you have something to share because my gosh, it's so, you know, interesting. People ask me almost once a week, Emily, have you ever thought about working with influencers for your business? And I accidentally always throw shade right back. And I'm like, yeah, they walk into my door every day. (laughs) And I'm always like, okay, calm down, Emily, calm down. I think it's just like my hot button of like every woman is worthy, right? And we're all equal. Um, We have different gifts, but like we all have equal worth. And so that's what I mean. And that's what I want to encourage women to have is like, stop with this ranking system. You've created it in your mind. Yes, society's helped place it there, but like, no, get rid of it. And know that you have these unique gifts to bring to the table and let's use them. Yeah, I love that. I feel like I've always felt a little like sticky about the word influencer and like calling myself an influencer. It's so sticky. Call yourself an influencer and encourage other people that they're influencers too, you know? Let's all claim it as our word. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. So that totally like put into words what like the apprehension that I've been feeling around the word. The tension you felt. Yeah, 
Okay, so on a lighter note, I've been liking ending my episodes with kind of like a rapid fire question round if you're down for that. Let's do it. Okay, so number one is in your group of friends, what role do you play? And I feel like I already know the answer, but. Oh my gosh. I'm like the outlandish one. I'm like usually inappropriate, like slight dash of reckless (laughs) abandon. And I'm also the person like people want to come to and tell the things I don't want to say out loud because they know I'm going to give them tough love, but in a non-judgmental way and I will inspire action. So it's like when they need a little slap across the face, they come, they come to me. Is that what you were thinking, Marie? Yeah, that. And also just like the person that kind of like livens things up. Like if things are feeling a little dull, like you'll whip out the worm or like make a really funny comment and things will be fun again. So that's totally what what I was thinking. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So next I did a solo show the other day and one of the, it was a Q and a show. And one of the questions someone asked me, I forgot, like, this is one of my favorite questions. What is your spirit animal? Oh my gosh. Okay. I was called a giraffe by someone on a trip to Peru uh, with someone who was on a trip with volunteer with a nonprofit that we support. And she's like, Emily, your spirit animal has got to be a giraffe because like everyone sees you from afar and like wants to be friends with you. And you like look gorgeous when you're like running, but then sometimes you're just like tall and gangly and like kind of funny and awkward and weird. And she's like, but that's what like makes you so lovable. And I felt that that was like such an act. She'd only spent one week with me, but I was like, that is so accurate. Like, I feel like you just spoke to my heart. So spirit animal, giraffe. That's actually perfect. I said that mine was a, um, this kind of defeats the purpose of the rapid fire questions because now I'm answering it, but. <laughs> no, I want to know what it is. I found out the other day that cheetahs are so socially awkward that they have trouble finding mates and like creating offspring because they're so awkward so I think that I that really resonates with me like I I feel like people don't know this about me because I'm on social media but like I'm an introvert when I'm in a new group of people like I'll always be the one kind of like hanging back analyzing the situation like deciding who's the safe person to go up to first like that's totally me so mine would probably be a cheetah and I'm also like a crazy cat lady so it makes sense okay and then next question if you could relive any day that you've lived what would it be good golly that's a good question gosh I feel like okay I'm just gonna go for it my wedding day which is gonna sound like well yeah obviously we're gonna say that but for a really unique reason our dance floor was so hopping that (laughs) like no one left the whole time I like tied up my dress, went barefoot. Like people were throwing people over their shoulders and like spinning around. You would have thought we were all drunk. And yeah, maybe we had some drinks, but like, it was just so fun. And I remember like days later on our honeymoon, my feet were still throbbing from like how hard I had danced. And for someone who grew up like loving dance, like it was just so fun. And also to just like being hilarious and dancing and acting like a fool with like literally everyone important to me in life what a gift, you know, what a gift, what a party. I'd relive it tomorrow for sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing your amazing insights and being vulnerable and just opening up about your story. But before you go, I have one last question because this is the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. We got to know what is one thing that you're currently grinding toward and what's one thing that you are hugely grateful for? 
Mm. Okay. Grinding towards, I am no longer able to work with entrepreneurs one-on-one in a coaching like aspect, which makes me so sad. But this fall, fall of 2018, I'm launching boot camps online. So I'm grinding towards that, which I'm so excited. And it's going to relate back to my CrossFit story, right? This feeling of overwhelm. I'm just researching, you know, reading all this online. And it's like entrepreneurs just sit there and read blogs and take courses all day. But it's like, no, this is one hour. You're going to take it. And it's going to help you flex three muscles. It'll be three small action items for you to take that's going to help you move your business forward. And so I just, it's going to be like small little snippets of specific things people can go in and see what they need help with. Cause I'm tired of these like huge overwhelming courses where it's like transform your whole business. It's like, no, let's get specific. What do you need help on today for, for one hour? You're going to go to the gym with Emily, do a little boot camp. We're going to like lift the bar a little bit and you're going to have three action steps at the end that are very doable within a week to move your business forward, to grow and grow those muscles and help move forward your message, your purpose, your brand, your legacy. So I'm so pumped for that. If you can't tell, I'm like sweating, getting pumped up about it. And then what I'm hugely grateful right now, God, just my community of girlfriends. They're like, I felt there's like this thing going around Instagram, Twitter, and social media, just like behind every successful woman is a group of hype girls. Like, is it, or it's like a group text chain hyping her up. And I was like, yes, that is so accurate. <laughs> Cause we're just in this like season in our business where we're growing and just having to hustle. And like my seven best friends, we all went to college together. We text every day and they are just, you know, they sent me flowers the other day, uh, work with an hilarious inside joke and just gosh, just knowing that they're there and I'm there for them and we're living life authentically together. There's nothing hidden. Everyone's coming to the table every day with like hardships in life, but a positive spin on it, you know, and just, I just, there's so much to be said about living life vulnerably with others. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And the magic that happens when women show up for each other and support each other. Yes, that's right. So good. Okay. Last but not least, where can everyone find you? All right. I'm going to make it easy. Thank goodness for Linktree and Instagram, right? All you're going to do is hit us up at Instagram. So we're at the Flourish Market. And in our Linktree, you're going to see all things. If you want to visit our site, see what we have to offer, visit my speaker's website, visit. We have a really awesome weekly email that goes out on Friday mornings. That's pep talk for me. That's motivational. And then it has ways you can fill your cup and it's fun and funny and interesting. So all of that's there for you, but we'd love for you just as a starter, just to start following us on Instagram. I really do truly show the non-highlight reels of my personal life and running a business. So it is our business name, but it is my, I'm like narrating it and taking you behind the scenes of what it's really like, what life is really like when you're just going for it. And it's not easy at all times. So Join us there, and I'd love to meet you. Send me a message. Let me know you listen to the podcast. I actually am pretty good at Instagram messages, unlike email and text. (laughs) Awesome. Well, you guys, go give Emily some love. Let her know that I sent you. I promise that you will absolutely love the Flourish Market, and of course, we love everything that they stand for and their mission and the legacy that they're building. So thank you so much for being on the show, Emily. I had the best time. Marie, thanks for having me. And just thanks for all the love and light and inspiration you bring to the world. I love following you on Instagram and you encourage me to be a stronger version of myself each and every day. So thanks for that, girl. Oh, likewise. Thanks, Em. Bye. 
Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast today. I'm super happy that we are able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it, whether it's texting it to your friend, linking it on Twitter, or posting a screenshot on your Instagram story. It is all super appreciated. And please leave the show review on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. This show is for you, so your feedback matters. Plus, it would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women everywhere to become their very best selves. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind to be grateful, my friends. Thank you.